Hello, and welcome to the Inside Envy podcast. I'm your host, Ken Bloomer. Today, I'm going to sit down with David Zabriskie. He is definitely one of the more interesting characters to have a conversation with if you haven't had the pleasure. Um, he's super funny. Um, he's got a lot to say uh, and always a surprise. Uh, this conversation was definitely uh, pretty funny. Um, we got into everything about the for, his former career from things like the training camps at CSC to what it was like at Postal to his days at Garmin and um, yeah, what he's moved on to racing gravel, doing other events and uh, life in California. He's always got some great stories to tell. We even get into talking about his business ventures with Floyd's of Leadville and it seems like him and Floyd are having a lot of fun. And this conversation was a lot of fun. So without further ado, David Zabriskie. Oh, because when you're the ride leader, you have this little yellow beacon that shows you're the leader. So I just thought that would, uh, no, I wasn't worried they'd get lost. I was just like, oh, I'm a... supposed to be, you can't, you can't be in front of me. It's the yellow so, jersey. It's the yellow jersey effect kicking back in, Dave. It's a flashback. Yeah. It's called the, in a sense, it's called the uh, power of the Mayo Jean, uh, a phrase you'll hear <laughs> Yeah, the power of the Mayo Jean is uh, it's the most powerful thing ever, uh, more powerful than Thor's hammer. <laughs> but yeah. so, so, anyways, so anyways the, much did you like get back a, up front or not? Much like a, I don't think I ever caught these guys, and I, I had to slow down and rejoin the group. Apparently, but the group, I mean, there was a lot of people, but uh, much like a, a road ride or. You know, still, you almost said race. There was you a few. Said com- race. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was just there. Were, there started to be. There started to be complaining. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, this is this is not two point watts per kilo." And I was, I, 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 was, I mean, you know, you ever been in one of those uh, winter group rides or something? And people are like, "That's too hard. It's too hard. I'm out of my zone." <laughs> and. uh so I slowed way down and just went super easy and tried to calm down the group that I couldn't see. <laughs> it was fascinating. No. <laughs> it was it was all fascinating how realistic everyone was able to make it feel. Did, were, so do you have earphones in during this? Do you hear people talking or no? No, that would be... Although I kept hearing something, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Like maybe it just made up a sound. It was uh, the... But then at one point, I, I was talking to my wife, and she said it was uh, automating my voice into the text. So maybe there's... You're getting feedback? There's maybe something. There's maybe some technology I'm missing where I could just talk text to the group. That would be easier. And then as soon as she dictate. started uh, helping me stream the Facebook, yeah, stream the Facebook, it just was... It was nuts, man. And then we gave, uh, to the KOMs, we gave uh, free bags of CBD coffee. Nice. It's called uh, Stage It's called stage 17. I, the uh, CBD coffee is called Stage, stage 17? Uh, yeah. You'd be surprised how hard it is to name something these days. <laughs> I, uh, at one point, I, tried, I thought the name Evenflow would be a good name. 
for the That's coffee. That's a song, but, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Pearl Jam. Song Pearl and, Jam, uh, right? But it, yeah. Yeah. But apparently, as uh, it just wouldn't enter the male's mind, it also has to do uh, the phrase with some kind of oh, menstruation. So uh, that name got huh. mixed. For the better, for the better, uh, obviously for the better. As soon as it was pointed out to us, we were open to the change. So now it's stage seventeen. Well, yeah, that didn't, that did not cross our minds. So. Even flow, what yeah. could have been? Yeah. So is this a Floyd's product then, the coffee or? Yeah, we uh, I think we get the beans from a uh, company in Colorado called Lions. Head maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. Then we uh, infuse it, infuse it with our CBD, and then we have a little. We have a cafe now out in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Right. You can go like actually get. And that's where you guys are actually doing your production now, right? Yeah, we've been out there. Uh, got a little deal with the Amish farming, and uh, <clears throat> then you take all these uh, humongous plants that <laughs> they're made. Well, you were telling me last time that you uh, went out there to work, right? Yeah, I went out in October uh, for about 16 days, waking up at 5 a.m., going to bed at midnight. Yeah, after work every day, Floyd and I would go to this place called uh, Mm -hmm. The Hill. It's just like a little restaurant up on a little hill. It was pretty (laughs) fun. Yeah. And then the amazing part was they had this jukebox. And the jukebox connects to your no way, and so and you could play, and so it has access to like whatever, anything really. So, so, so how mean, does that work then? You're sitting at your table and you can connect. I'm guessing via Bluetooth to the jukebox, and then yeah. play your song. Floyd, Floyd uh, yeah, well, not the music on your phone, but the music that's on this jukebox library which is basically everything but anyways uh long story short they had wheeler walker on this uh jukebox and i think that this is an amish community right uh, yeah i mean well it there's amish people around but there's also just regular people as well uh but anyways it must uh really lower the volume when the lyrics are too explicit because you couldn't hear it, but you kind of could. But oh, we were laughing pretty hard playing some Wheeler Walker for the locals. <laughs> so in case anybody hasn't heard Wheeler Walker, please look it up. Um, I was introduced to it. Dave introduced it to me on our wonderful trip yeah. thir- uh, through the Provence of uh, France where we were. I think we actually blasted it on some rides, too, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, I brought Wheeler to Europe, and it was hard to hear because your uh, air conditioning was broken. We had to have the windows down, so I hope you've uh, fixed that. (laughs) Well, I've got a new van, and it also does not have air conditioning. Man, you know uh, California with this lockdown is saving $40 million per day on the car crashes that are not happening. And the skies are clear. How blue is the sky? (laughs) 
They're saving 40. That's crazy. That's an, that's an insane number. It's just part of the selection when it's super stressful, like the tour. Right. And that's, that's the same thing, uh, California freeways. There has to be a crash. Like, and, and there's, I mean, it just every morning it's just part of the news. Right. They have a whole traffic uh, crew. They and it's just uh, and they pitted it like you know truck versus car, car versus motorcycle, car versus pedestrian. <laughs> it's incredible. Carnage. And now, I mean, forty million dollars a day we're spending on bullshit crashes. Well, it's crazy. How and why? Why do these crashes happen? Is it because? Because uh, we're make it like human a race error. or make it human error. It's so, always it's always human it, error. It's also you know car commercials. Yeah. How do the uh, car commercials uh, affect the safety? Uh, the the amount of crashes that happen. Well, in teaches, a way, te- teaches people to drive like idiots. <laughs> yeah. I don't think exactly. you have to teach anybody how to drive like idiots. I think it's just kind of natural. Yeah. I think yeah. The lack of driving education is a big part of it. We were, my son and I were on a ride yesterday, and there's a, a big line. You'd be surprised also how many people own Ferraris and Porsches here in California that are just driving them for fun during this pandemic. And they were all lined up on the side of the road and in the middle of the road taking pictures of their car, much like a bike people would do with their bikes, I guess. But it's a little more intimidating. And the kid was kind of scared because they were doing burnouts. And it was, I almost turned around with him. But I put my arm on his shoulder and we rode through them. And there's a big group, probably 30 people, which I think at this moment is even illegal to be in a mass gathering. Yeah, I think it is. And I I looked at them and I just said, oh, I guess our life is in your hands. And I don't know if it was the way I said it or what, but they just laughed like like I was joking around. Disgusting. So what were they? Was that a canyon you guys were going up, or where was this at? No, it was called uh, called Hidden Valley. Oh yeah, where a bunch of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are the roads? If you've ever fun- seen, are the roads pretty funny? Like you know, twisty, turny, be fun in a car. This is this one's pretty flat. It's just a good view spot. It's where they shoot a lot of commercials. If you've ever seen the Budweiser commercials with the Clydesdale horses, mm-hmm. it's all shot out there. They actually house those horses there. Spend more on those than they could probably house uh, most of the population, the homeless population in LA, for what they spend on those couple of horses. But <laughs> anyway, so did you guys have a good ride? Yeah, it was good. I did a uh, one before that, and then I uh, took him out, and I I got on my e bike because I was kind of blown, and mm. then. Uh, I just let him go in front of me, and I just let him go as far as he wants. Was that a mountain, mountain bike ride, or what kind of ride did you guys do? Yeah, road bike. Road bike. It was, but he, he did like 20 miles, and he's wearing a big sweatshirt. And How old is he? Just He'll be 12 in about a month. Right. That, that's what I thought. And his sweatshirt's just blowing in the wind <laughs> like a big parachute. And he's just like, I was happy to be on the e-bike because, man, a little dude was pushing. And then and he's wearing my shoes because... I keep buying him shoes, but he grows out of them so fast, so he's just decided to wear mine. 
Uh-huh. And they've got to they've got to be pretty sloppy feeling, but yeah, <laughs> whatever. Hey, he, if he loves riding, that's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. So you've been getting out to ride a, a bit during this lockdown. Yeah, you know, I've pretty much uh, ever since I read that Eddie B book when I was in high school has pretty much been my schedule since then. Mondays, Fridays, pretty easy. Uh, Saturdays or Sundays. You, kind of do some more riding and then uh lift weights three times a week I'm not sure if that was in Eddie B's book but yeah and then you know if the trails were open I'd be mountain biking mountain biking really takes me off that schedule though because I don't really want to lift weights when I'm mountain biking I just want to go like mountain bike go and not do any other not do any other uh exercise but I've got a little stretching routine I started because my neck hurts. <laughs> <laughs> you need to start doing some yoga. Yeah, I got the uh, my couple poses. Yeah. The, uh, put the uh, yeah, do you, the downward dog, downward the cat dog? pose. Corpse? Didn't you and say put, you're doing corpse pose? No, uh, you're doing the one where you put the legs up in the air, right? Yeah. And you put your I'm hands. Not sure. Yeah. Well, you get your feet. You get your feet all the way back behind. Right. Your head. So your neck kind of compresses downward to your uh, your chin goes yeah. down to your chest. Yeah, I'll put ankle weights on to uh, help. It helps uh, hold the position a little bit. It's easier to get into it, but it's a real it's a real hard pose for me, and it takes a, at least ten seconds before I feel my neck like completely release. Hmm. Uh, hard to breathe like you can almost tell like it's kind of like some kind of you can kind of tell how fucked you are <laughs> sorry about the effort yeah. you can kind of you kind of tell how bad you're doing uh based on how easy it is to get into the pose right but, yeah yeah for sure if i don't do yoga for a while i totally feel not only the tightness in the body but the misalignment you know just really I can just totally tell I start getting kind of crooked and little aches and pains start creeping in. So yeah, you got to definitely maintain yeah. for sure. I got to get some, got to buy some new rollerblades. That's another thing. Right. You it's see, very healthy. Rollerblading. Gravel ro- rollerblading or? Yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm going to get some. Yeah. Tell- it might be hard to stop though. What's different? Sure what's, you... what's what's the difference between a normal rollerblade and a gravel? Or are these gravel or are these just off-road rollerblades? Or what, yeah, what are we calling well, I mean, them? Yeah, they call them the SUV. I mean, they call them off-road. It's got three wheels. They're little rubber wheels, and they have a little tube in there. And they say you pump them up to sixty psi with uh, some kind of like a like a shock pump. Almost you would use right. Because the valve's kind of hard to get to. And then, I mean, yeah, I don't know how smooth the dirt should be. It would be interesting. I'd love to try it myself. Probably get some. <laughs> it's, just, it's hard to do the research because uh, there's so many different uh, variations. I, I texted uh, this one company, Power Slide. They're in Germany, actually. Yeah, I know Power Slide, yeah. And... Uh, but when you're texting like through Instagram, you never know who's answering. Like it could be probably their uh, media person, and uh, they didn't necessarily answer. They said, "Oh yeah, the SUV skate would be great for you." 
What was the what was the criteria for determining that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I'd said like uh, I'm I'm a pretty good athlete uh, cycling, uh, but I did lots of rollerblading beforehand. I was actually trying to get some intel on what would be good skates for my kids as well. But I wanted to know if you could switch the frames. Like I want a frame set that uh, will fit the boot that has rubber wheels and switch a frame to the hard wheels right. for the street. And I want the boot to be, you know, it's basically be like a, a do-it-all skate, kind of like a uh, like a 3T bike or something. Right on. What is your favorite bike you're riding right now? <sighs> yeah, it's too hard to put a... Yeah, that's like is it music. mood is it mood dependent? Yeah. It is. Like you just kinda get on one and you're like, Oh man, I missed this bike or yeah, why don't I ride this more? Mm-hmm. And then but they're all just nice. Yeah. I've I've got that new open wide where it's a super nice bike. How do you have that set up? Had, that one's got I mean it's it's technically like a gravel bike, but this one I the gravel thing is much like uh, the rollerblade thing. Like you could switch the wheels and things, but it's it's much easier, in my opinion, to just have a whole a whole dedicated bike to what you what you want. Because <laughs> man, when you switch the wheels, then you gotta like mess around with the the discs and everything. Like mm-hmm. it's been a rare experience for me to switch wheels and not have to spend at least. 20 to 30 minutes getting everything to fit right. <laughs> 20 to 30 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's we're basing this on what sort of level of mechanical ability. I mean, I've I've read all, I mean, I've watched all the YouTubes. Okay, so you're you you're 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 decent I mean, mechanic. as far as as far as discs go, I mean, now I just I'm trying to eyeball it, but I mean, you're just supposed to loosen the uh, caliper, spin the wheel, slam the brakes, and it should align right. and then tighten it in. Yeah. But, yeah. But it's rare that'll happen in my experience. <laughs> so anyways, so the up, so the wide, uh, the open wide has got the, it's got the 650 Envy's, that's that, the G27. That's right. That's the gravel, uh, that's their gravel version. Yeah. Those. What size tires do you have they on there? Did, yeah, it's a 2.2 probably, yeah. 2.1. Right. It's 2 point, because uh, it'll fit a really wide tire. Sure. And it's full knobby. It's a specialized uh, fast track. Right on. And and then it's got a dropper. It's got these, it's got the super wide Envy gravel bars. It's got the GRX. Mm-hmm. I went with the GRX uh, mainly. The GRX, I wanted to go two by on this bike, but it it's a dedicated one by frame. And then, uh, yeah, I really wanted to do the electric SRAM stuff. Mm-hmm. But the only reason I went with GRX is uh, because I kind of, I mean, Shimano, you, you know you're going to get a good product. Right. But, uh, I, really, I really wanted the little brakes on the tops, mm-hmm. the little, little finger brakes, uh, like the cycle cross. Yeah, the, inter- the, but, the interrupters. Yeah, and they're uh, man, they're pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They're hydro. They hook right into the hydraulic line, and they work amazing. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it just takes, I mean, I haven't done too much. Uh, I, the only problem is it kind of takes away some bar space. I was going to say, you run a bag, ba- you have normally have a bag up front. Sometimes, but yeah, not on this bike. But I, you can put a little uh, frame bag in if you really need a bag. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that, and that bike also has a dropper. It's basically like a mountain bike. Like that is a very, yeah, it's a very aggressive so-called gravel bike. <laughs> but <laughs> like, it's just super comfortable. Because uh, sometimes you're basically mountain biking. I mean, you sure. take a way to make a, way to make a boring mountain bike trail fun is to kind of take a bike that's not super capable on it true very true makes it a little more fun absolutely then uh yeah then i got that 3t explorer bike and that's got the g23 and beast that's the bike i used at uh, dirty kansas Mm -hmm. yeah with that setup with the g23s yeah and those i don't know what like that wheel set is super duper compliant. Like it just, it almost feels like a little bit of suspension. It's just very smooth. Like they really hit that wheel set out of the park, in my opinion. Yeah. Nice. And we were all staying at the, we were staying at the same house, actually, the Envy dudes. Right. Me, so. But you did they the, pro- they probably got, you did the 100. Uh, you didn't do the full Monty, did you? Yeah, and they all had wished that they had done the 100 after they saw me. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, damn, Dave, how'd you get so smart? <laughs> well, you know, you've been around the block. You yeah. know, spring chicken. I didn't. Yeah, one of my problems at the. Uh, I had just thrown the, the camel back in my bike bag at the last moment. And then I was lucky I did because apparently it's pretty self-supported out there. There was one aid station, but you definitely need to be a little prepared. Right. And I also didn't know that the course was not marked. And so you need to have some kind of a computer. Now I got this new Wahoo thing. That would have been helpful. Used it for the first time yesterday. Anyway, so you need a computer with the route downloaded on it. I didn't, I couldn't, uh, didn't have that. Nobody could figure it out on my phone. So I always had to be with somebody or mm-hmm. have someone in my sights. Right. Yeah. And hope, and and hope they're point, going the right way. Yeah. At one point I was with some, a decent, like two or three people and they had it all on their computers. And I actually just had a feeling. I was like, I think we should turn here. And they, they trusted their computers and then, like a few more uh, clicks down the road, they're like, "Oh, we missed the turn." Mm. Uh, I was actually right, just with my sensations, my uh, <laughs> voodoo powers. And they were wrong. There you yeah. go. So, yeah. do um, do they have Dirty Kansas on Swift? Do we know this? Not sure. I don't know. Not I don't know. Oh yeah, back to my bikes. I'm in the garage, <laughs> so it's easier. To- <laughs> <laughs> all right on, on, to, on with the bikes we'll figure out the swift thing later yeah i probably yeah it's actually a, it's hard for me actually to uh to talk about all of them or to uh share too much about all of why them. why is that because i was uh i was robbed in salt lake city right and i can't remember the year exactly 
probably 2009-ish maybe. Right. And they took, they took all my bikes. And it wasn't really a targeted attack, but it's paranoid me. Since I mean, then. It was, just, it was just devastating really to lose everything. Everything. Right. Did, Everything. So what bikes did you lose when they took it? I mean, was that like your Tour de France bike and all that stuff? Yeah, all of it. And like a bunch of mountain bikes I had. And so it's kind of paranoid me to just not overshare right. what I got. Cause then What's your address again? Targeted. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. that's, but that's, since that's horrible. Then, you know, that's horrible. Um, and plus yeah, you had... But a, since then... Go ahead. Yeah. I've installed, you know... Uh, I'm sure a lot of you have seen the new Rambo movie, Last Blood. Yeah. I got tunnels all around the property, right. trip wires, uh, lots of C4, security cameras, motion activated, uh, killer, killer bats, you name it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you only have, you know, but, the kids don't have to worry about it. They can still run around the backyard, no problem. Yeah. But gonna say got a lot of mountain bikes uh got this uh spot bike their new one called the rive got the santa cruises yeah but you were like you uh, were really talking up the spots yeah i like the spot it's good they use uh, this thing in the back this uh leaf spring the titanium suspension. leaf yeah it's cool i don't know like i don't know i don't know exactly what it does but uh just being a person that spent a lot of time on a lot of bikes, mm-hmm. it feels really nice. So nice. And then they, I got that trust fork on the front of that. Mm-hmm. And that thing is, I like that a lot as well. Really smooths things out. It's a uh, not when it gets super duper chunky, chunky, but just for my style of riding, I like it a lot. It's really like a traction device. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. But man, unfortunately, I think. They're pausing operations for now. Who spot or trust? Trust. Trust. trust yeah. Trust. Yeah. It's, yeah. <coughs> it's difficult right now. I think in the industry, you know, given the current climate and stuff, and I think a lot of people are sort of hedging their bets and taking some time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So um, last time uh, you guys, we spoke, you were telling me that you guys had that place out in Colorado. You guys don't have that anymore, right? The farm? Did, you gave that up for the last Yeah, we don't. Yeah, the farm, uh, yeah, that never uh, panned out. Mm-hmm. But we have, uh, our headquarters is still in Leadville. Right. Yeah. And we got, a, we got a dispensary up there. Coffee shop too, right? We got right? three and not in Leadville. No. But we have one in in Pennsylvania. Yeah. How often do you get out to Leadville? Eh, maybe a couple times a year at this point. Mm-hmm. There is a coffee machine in HQ. If you stop by, we'll probably brew you one up if you really want it. <laughs> it's probably a bit, might taste a bit acidic at this point. But. So what what events did you do? Did you do Leadville last year? Uh, I think last year I finally didn't. But... Usually I'll get up there and maybe not want to do it, and then it just happens that I do it. <laughs> do you do you, yeah. do you do you do that together with Floyd, or do you do that one solo? Uh, Floyd and I have done it together. We we got up to I think Columbine together, uh-huh. 
and then we uh, pulled out at the bottom. Yeah, but we were riding like super duper big twenty seven plus bikes. <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of a struggle, but it was we were kind of uh, yeah we're not as fit as we used to be. So we were with the masses going up Columbine, mm-hmm. and man, it's like. Uh, Eventually, you're just walking with people. You're just walking in a line, going straight up. Yeah, there's just no way to ride when everyone starts walking. Right. And there's so many. Slows you down. Yep. So what other... And you can't breathe. What other events did you do last year? Belgium Waffle Ride? Yeah, I did that. BWR. Uh, but I couldn't... Uh, had a problem there. Oh, yeah. That's poor deal. <laughs> Somehow a Belgian waffle ride, I always end up with Neil Shirley at most rides. Actually, it's like our fitness uh, has just mirrored each other's over the years uh, in a downward trend. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, actually, he was ahead of me, and then he flatted, and I stopped to help him with his flat, or just to give support, I guess. <laughs> so we ended up together. And man, he just loves to step on the pedals. So we got going again and uh, caught some big groups. And I was mentally getting prepared, like, all right, you're with Neil. Like, it's going to be a long day. He's going to want to, you know, he's going to want to push it and have a good time. And uh, anyway, and then my cleat in my shoe started to come loose. Oh. And uh, it's mountain bike cleat because I don't, yeah, anyways. It's since been Loctited, but the cleat was coming loose and I couldn't, and I took the wrench out of the pocket while I was riding and tried to tighten it, but the, it had dirt caked in the screw. So it's one of those instances where you have to uh, Stop. pick out some of the, yeah. So I just, you know, I had to call, I, sorry, Neil. So I didn't actually say sorry. I just kind of disappeared. He probably, I'm sure he didn't know the whole story on my end, but uh, <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> Nice, but I also think I had a. That's the problem with me. I think I also was having some kind of stomach issue. I really needed to go to the bathroom, like a number two. <laughs> it's it's very hard for me to do these events and uh, deal with. Uh, I just can't never get a good uh, movement out before the event they just start so early usually it's the other way around usually it's like the people go to these events and they're usually so nervous that they go not only once but probably a couple times before the start yeah i just i mean i'm i'm yeah i just can't can't do it coffee man yeah i do i just i just don't wake up i just can't get going at 6 a.m. and then like be freezing <laughs> be freezing on a start line at 7 and be expected to perform <laughs> <laughs> not gonna happen not gonna happen was that ever a problem for you at the tour or any other big races you did those usually start a little bit later in the day so you usually get that business taken care of yeah a little bit later and at that point you're kind of in a uh you're on some your body's kind of used to the schedule. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. So, but to be on the schedule that I'm usually on and then try to, 
Oh, yeah. If BWR was like a week long, maybe by the fourth day I'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't they have don't they have like some training rides leading up to it or something like that? Yeah, I think they have some camps. There you go. I think Neil does some of those. But also the problem was when we got down there, this the guy we drove down there with, uh, we were hungry. And the registration is like on the side of a freeway. It, we ate, He's like, oh, let's go to this food truck. I would never eat at food out of a truck. <laughs> it tasted pretty good, but I just, uh, I think it really messed up some, some of my uh, internals combustions. <laughs> what was it? Tacos or? Yeah, some, something uh, of that sort. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So you did BWR last year. What else did you do? Did you do, uh, uh, did you do Crusher last year? Or Granduro? I don't think I did Crusher last year. Actually, man, I just can't remember. I may have. <laughs> <laughs> just becomes a blur. Actually, over time. no, I did do it. I did do Crusher. Oh, that was pretty fun. But I couldn't uh, couldn't finish that one either. <laughs> what was the Mexican food again? And that was a. Well, this time I, I I went with a plan. Okay, there's not a lot to eat there in uh, Beaver, Utah, so. Driving through Las Vegas, I'll just get a bunch of food. I'll eat as much as I can at the Whole Foods in Vegas. And then I'll get like uh, something that I can eat at night in Beaver from the Whole Foods. And then something for the morning from Whole Foods. And uh, it just didn't work. That didn't work out either. I probably would have been. And then after the t- after I like just completely uh, fell apart because of my probably lack of nutrition. I just went to the diner there and had a big greasy like chili burger and I felt great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, usually after a big event and stuff like that, it's always nice to go get like a massive cheeseburger or some yeah. enchiladas or something just super heavy. Always yeah. And I thought the we did like a pre ride with Floyd's there. Mm-hmm. That was pretty fun. A lot of people showed up, and uh, we got. To, I went and soaked. Uh, we went and found a river, and we all kind of not we all, but a lot of us jumped in the river and soaked the legs in like ice water. Nice, that's always a good one. Time out. Time out. <laughs> what? So you want to do that? How do you do that? All right. She thinks a call might come through on her computer. Okay. But it's it should be fine. Okay. It should be fine. Should be fine. Yeah. All right. I, we we're uh, we're a one laptop family. <laughs> <laughs> Got to share. Yeah. Easy. All right. Uh, most of the things I can do on my phone. Yeah, so just, I did the tusher, yeah. some of the tusher, and what else? What else you throw in uh, there? Grinduro. Yeah, didn't do that. Yeah. I have done it in the past. Yeah. Didn't do it this time. What's your favorite one out of all those? What do you? What's your? What's your go-to event you like? Yeah, they're all pretty fun. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that dirty Kenza though. Nice flat roads, you can see forever. Mm-hmm. 
the condition the conditions were pretty perfect this last year so it was dry right uh it was dry but it had it was moist uh going into it so what not a lot of dust right. pretty yeah pretty what do you think of your buddy christian myers move to go off the front <laughs> yeah i mean that's just uh yeah it's fun to do that that's what i call uh it's it's what I have it's happened to me as well it's called being an inexperienced amateur is what that <laughs> <is>. <laughs> he was ambitious because because when you uh it actually takes a bit of uh retooling your uh skill set to race long distance and as you lose fitness when you're not racing at an elite level mm-hmm. you're you still kind of have the uh, the mentality that you have superpowers <laughs> and you can do anything, but it, it's just not true. And so uh, you need to find your new set of limits and expectations. Right. Otherwise, otherwise you go out like that and you get yourself, you dig a really dark hole for yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much sums up what he told me. He said, first it was going really well and then it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's, but yeah, I, like the, I think the only time I finished that tusher, I, I probably did the same thing, like, and then the, just went out feeling like all all guns blazing, having a good time with the lead group, mm-hmm. like, haha, and then uh, next thing I know, I'm walking up the climb, <laughs> just cramping everywhere, just feeling horrible. Oh. Yeah. So is that your new favorite modus of riding the the whole gravel thing? I know it's a I know it's a pretty broad term, but yeah, I mean it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I mean if you can find dedicated, I, it's a it's a nice versatile bike that uh, you can do a lot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I I do enjoy just mountain bikes as well, mm-hmm. probably. Probably more. I mean, right before the pandemic hit, I, that's kind of why I built that uh, the uh, the open wide bike as aggressive as I did because a lot of the uh, so-called gravel riding around here, you're basically mountain biking, mm-hmm. kind of. But uh, yeah, like I, this Cervelo C5, it's basically a road bike. Right. But if if there was real just crushed gravel road, there's a few roads around here I would take it on, like service roads that the gas company maintains. Mm-hmm. That bike's pretty fun on a road like that, but on like a single track where you can hit some big stuff, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be that much fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's why you need basic. You basically need three to four gravel bikes. <laughs> you need a super duper aggressive one that's basically a mountain bike. And then you need one that's kind of like a fast road bike with a pretty decent tire that you can do some dirt on and not flat. And then you need the you need another one with 700c tires that has a bit of knobby on it, like a 40 to 45, 40, 42. Yeah, and uh, that's my three. But you said four. Mine you four. said four. So I guess there's yeah. a 27.5 bike in there. <clears throat> you, you didn't. Well, I've only I only have three, but I wouldn't mind four. And the fourth one would, man, how cool would it be to have like a, I mean, like an internal one, 
internal uh, pinion gearbox. Ooh. Yeah. With a uh, belt driver. Yeah, I dream about building. Yeah, probably belt. I dream about building like a long distance uh, bike for the. Uh, what's that? Uh, Canada to Mexico. Transcontinental. Call it the divide. The, the, I think it's the, the great divide. divide. Something. I think it's just called the divide. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, something like know. that. Yeah. 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 That would be cool. What about something like mm-hmm. Atlas Mountain? Did you hear about that one? What's That's that? the one in uh, Morocco. Christian, a oh, bunch of people did it this year. There was a bunch of people went over and did that. I saw. I saw Christian. I'm not sure. That must be the event because he also did something where the, him and this other guy just filmed. Some yeah, that stuff. was in Kazakhstan, I think. That was incredible. Yeah. Like, cause I that one road he did went up over fourteen thousand feet. Like I've hiked up that high, and hiking, like, I mean, <laughs> it's hard to breathe. Yeah, I, that was an incre- that was an incredible little uh, piece of content. Yeah. Do you have interest in doing stuff like that? Doing some big adventure stuff? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I do and I don't. Like, it's I kind of like. I want to, but it's just really, yeah, it's just very stressful for me to pack all my stuff up and <laughs> go to the airport and, and deal with it and deal with it all. Like, I mean, I would like to, but the stress of it all just almost outweighs the, uh, the, the joy I would get out of it. So I kind of just try to, I, there's quite a bit to explore sure. just, uh, where I'm yeah. at. Like I still find new stuff. You, Where I'm at. Weren't you doing some gravel camps back there, or didn't you start some sort of gravel? Yeah, we yeah we did something. It was it was pretty cool. Is it still going on? The problem is, uh, I mean, it's always something you could throw together. It's like a sounds like someone's sweeping my driveway. You could sorry, you could always uh, throw one together. The problem is uh, the riding out here. You have to be so physically fit. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just like, I, it's very hard for me to find a flat piece of road to take somebody mm-hmm. on like these. Yeah. So it's just, you either got to be able to go up really steep hills and down really steep hills over and over again. And yeah, that's just, that's hard to, uh, it's harder than you think with the, you know, the, uh, the general public. Yes. Uh, we called the camp D's Nut House. That's right. It was pretty funny. Yeah, the write-up was pretty cool. It was all about like an insane, a play on an insane <laughs> asylum. Uh, it's pretty sweet. Nice. Do you still have uh, D's nuts going, or? Yeah, D's nuts is still alive. Still nice. selling. Oh, that reminds me of an email I need to get back to. <laughs> so you get your get your hands uh, in a couple of businesses, getting some writing in. So it sounds like life for David yeah. Zabriskie is pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Kids are yeah. growing up. Yeah. So looking looking back, knowing what you know now, and you see guys like Colin Strickland and some of these other guys that have been able to carve a professional career out of some alternative form of bike racing or 
being an ambassador, would you have done it different? Uh, yeah, I mean, that stuff just wasn't available back then. But the, I mean, it it's constantly a changing game. Uh, but I definitely think what they're doing is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would, yeah, sure. If that was around back then, and uh, you could race that kind of style and uh, make a living mm -hmm. at it, yeah, why not? Although. Yeah, I mean, but you just, when I started, I just, you wouldn't even know that sure. was uh, available. Like when I, when I started, uh, I mean, all you hear about was, oh, Tour de France, Tour de France. Like that was the big thing, the big race. And my first, uh, my first club ride that I did when I was 15, like within the first mile, just riding with like just these average Joes in Salt Lake City. I got, I t in my head, I was like, oh, this is it. This is my first step to the Tour de France. Like, very naive to say that, but, yeah, I said it to myself and ended up there. So. <laughs> uh, not necessarily, because then I got on Postal Service, and uh, I never thought I would, because Lance dominated that team so heavily, I never thought I would actually okay. do the race. Why and, was that? Uh, and I, I, I just didn't, uh, I just, because when you're on a team, they kind of split into, at least in cycling, like the tour guys and then like the guys mm -hmm. that do all the other stuff. And uh, I just didn't view myself as a tour guy and I, but that's just how it is at a young age it just wasn't really explained to me it takes a while to just figure sure. all this out and catch on uh but eventually with postal i did the vuelta uh and then when i left postal and i and i was uh, i had a girlfriend those years uh, now my <laughs> wife and i kind of enjoyed i, I kind of enjoyed having the summers off i was like oh man i guess yeah. i get summers off uh so that was nice spending the summers down in uh, Berkeley training but the uh then I joined CSC and I remember the phone call I was up on Tunnel Road it's uh like the main road you get out of Berkeley on to get up into the hills and Bjarna called me and he and I stopped and took the phone call and he told me uh that his plan for me was to do the Giro and the Tour in 2005 and I was I, I don't think I'd never done the Giro and I'd never done the tour and he's telling me like I'm gonna do those two I was pretty I was pretty blown away I was like wow I'm gonna do those ones <laughs> the year that so, you moved and then, to Europe then to be able to do that or how did you manage that I mean I was already in Europe with Postal like I had an apartment and everything uh so I was already pretty established as far as living there and uh, figuring things out. Uh, but but Bjarna, he really was, uh, I mean, he gets a lot of bad press here and there, but uh, he really was the best director I've ever had. Like uh, most, just, I mean, yeah. I didn't see any drugs on the team. <laughs> he gets, right. That's what he gets the bad press about. Uh, Obviously, what made him so good? Cycling. 
back then. Uh, just a highly passionate person for mm -hmm. his athletes and the ability to create a team that functioned as a, I mean, almost in the end, it kind of just in the, that first year was just magical for me. Probably my best year ever cycling, uh, 2005, but in the end, it kind of turned into just a, a bit too cultish for me. Like, but I was able to handle it the first year. And then, uh, he just really wanted a lot of your time, like to where, like, I just couldn't, well, I was in, I found myself in South Africa for like two weeks in December after a season of racing, like December is the holidays. I just could, I was like, this is, this is just too much. <laughs> yeah. The first one was, yeah, like the first one I ever did in 2005 sent me to the hospital. It was just in, just insane how, well, yeah, I mean, the whole stuff, it was pretty, I went, uh, so I went from postal service to these big, nice, like, resort hotels, like the, because Lance would always want the, you know, these nice golf hotels in Arizona, super duper nice places, uh, and then my first get-together with CSC, I'm in the, a very small town in Denmark somewhere at like, a, I don't know what you would call it. It had like an indoor swimming pool and little cabins. We, anyway, so I, fi I finally get there. It took forever. Uh, flew over there. And I'm in this little cabin, like little cabin, like uh, and I'm bunking with a uh, guy named Giovanni Lombardi, uh, Andrea Perone, one other guy who was Danish. And it, I mean, it was dirty, like dirt on the floor. Like uh, it was pretty, I mean, like a real camp type setting, like a little log cabin. And uh, I remember going out, like staring at the stars, like, well, what have I done? <laughs> like, is this a, but I was listening to, uh, I remember having the headphones in, listening to this uh, drive-by trucker song. I can't remember the song. I could sing it, but I'm not going to do that. And then, but anyway, so eventually, uh, eventually we're all, you're just getting to know everybody, doing everything. And then they lock the doors at this bowling alley where we're at. And they're like, and like military guys come and they lock the doors so you can't leave. And, uh, and they're like, call, send one last message to your family, go get your toothbrush and come back. <laughs> And it was, uh, and then you go out into the woods with the Danish military. They dress you up in all their uh, fatigues and things. And that was really where it just started to, because my feet, like I got cyclist feet, they're super narrow and flimsy. And you get uh, that foot in like a non-supportive army boot sloshing around. Oh, that was mistake one. But then there was also a few other things that when I got to the camp, the team doctor, he asked me if I had a flu shot yet. I said no. So I'm not sure. I think the strain of the flu shot he gave me started some kind of chain reaction. And then uh, I also didn't think we would be in the woods as long as we were. And the canteen they gave me was banging on my hips. So I put it in my backpack and I wasn't concentrating on hydration. So I believe the chain reaction is a jet lag, flu shot, dehydration. And man, when it all finally hit me, 
<laughs> like I wish somebody could just take a axe to my head and split my skull to relieve the pressure that was in my head. Like it just hit so hard and, uh, and we were out there in the woods and it just, I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't even move anymore. It hurt so bad. And the doctors like putting a flashlight in my eyes and he tells the, the main instructor, this military guy, like this, this guy is done. He needs to go. And and in my head, I'm like, oh, thank God it's over. And the military guy's like, are you sure he can't do any more? And I, inside, I'm like, oh, Jesus, God, let me. And then the next thing I know, like, uh, they got me on, like, a transport to the military hospital. And oh, I just laid in bed. Just, oh, man, it was horrible. So then they all thought I was this huge wimp because, uh, like even the secretaries of the team are able to compete this uh, camp. Like, uh, but like I said, it was a chain reaction of events. And it was also what uh, I'm a pretty big coffee drinker. That's another uh, thing. You're not uh, getting your usual dose of caffeine. So that also, you ever had a caffeine headache? So yeah, all that stuff combined just really, really hurt me. Yeah, but, but. So you put people through that kind of experience. It was Bjarne's plan, and uh, it, everyone reacts in a little bit of a different way. And uh, somehow it created a really good team for a while. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, you were able to see people differently on the bike than uh, before. Like, they weren't just uh, bike teammates. They were someone that... Oh, like that guy carried my, like Sastra, like, oh, he carried, Sastra, Sastra carried my heavy backpack when I couldn't, like, I have to, I have to do this for him, like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no big, uh, no big stories there. <laughs> right on good stuff uh, well cool uh, um i don't remember what's next for david anything <laughs> 40 41 oh shit uh, yeah how old am i no <laughs> no 41 yeah yeah, I don't know. Just keep on, uh, you know, just get through the days. When are you going to come back over to Europe to ride? Get through the days. Obviously after yeah. this whole corona Nothing, thing. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes. Do it on Swift? We should, what we should do is yeah, find uh, out if Dirty Kansas is really on uh, Swift or not. And we'll then just we do it do virtually. Dirty Kansas cool? together. We can do it with Christian. Swift, yeah. Well, I mean, if you have Swift, you could go do it, right? If if they do that, then they should just they should open it up for everybody, no? Yeah, why wouldn't they? <laughs> yep, I agree. I'll keep that one to myself as well, and uh, I bid you all farewell. <laughs> all right, hey DZ, thanks, man. Thanks.